We're back for another episode of the Oddly Observant Podcast. And today I'm bringing on Aldo Gonzalez from episode four. And we're going to be talking about how Instagram is testing, taking away likes. And this is already happening in some of the European Union countries and some Asian Pacific countries. Please welcome back Aldo from episode four. How's it going, Aldo? What's going on, everyone? Uh, doing pretty well. Yeah, so today, guys, we're going to be talking about this weird testing that Facebook or through Instagram has been doing on the Instagram platform. They're taking away likes. So as you're scrolling down uh, your feed, you see on everybody's post, you see the amount of likes. And it's human nature to want to like something that already has a lot of likes. Facebook's been getting a lot of... Uh, calls from Congress and from the Senate to fix some of the things that are quote-unquote causing a mental health issue in our country. Whether the likes is that way is yet to be determined, but this is one of the few things that they're doing to appease lawmakers and appease the people that are in power over us. So, Aldo, what's your first thought whenever you hear that Instagram could be taking away likes and that they're already testing it on a lot of European Union countries? I mean, I'm definitely for it. Um, it it's going to be interesting to see how it plays out and uh, the effect that it really does end up having with removing the likes and if that actually plays in or has an impact on changing some of these uh, behavioral patterns, I guess, if you will, which can affect the youth in any number of ways. Along with just the likes, I want to try to break it down immediately and how this is going to affect the millions of people that have made their living as being influencers on Instagram and on Facebook, they're not going to be able to easily track the likes and thus not be able to get as much money. Yeah. I mean, that's the world that we live in though. You know, I mean, you got to adapt or you get left behind. So, I mean, while these influencers got in early and they got their bag, if you will, you know, I mean, they got to adapt and Instagram's not going to care about them or at least not, not care about them. Cause like they do want these people that are popular on their platform obviously to drive traffic and and, uh, raise engagement but they're not going to solely make their decisions just for these people you know like they're not going to cater just to these people because they have millions of other people on this app right and when lawmakers who regardless how much they actually know about technology when they start questioning mark zuckerberg to come into congress and testify about the mental health issues due to instagram and facebook they have to do something and this is their their first step, allegedly, of starting to fix those some of the mental health quirks that can happen from people getting too embedded and caring about the likes and et cetera. And this is a quote from uh, Facebook is that they think by doing this, they can actually make people produce higher quality content instead of like, you know, booty pics or anything like that, that mm-hmm. typically gets very high engagement and high likes, which then influencers can monetize. Yeah, I agree, because you got to think, some people are probably just posting stuff just for the likes. You know, they're not really thinking much about it other than that. Like, oh, I wonder how many likes this photo is going to get. I wonder how many reposts this this post is going to get on Facebook or something like that. So, I mean, it definitely 
I believe at least will help to some degree, but it'll be interesting to see what the actual result will be because, you know, things always can work in practice or in theory, but not be or not work in practice. Yeah, and I think this is the reason why Instagram is testing this and they're less uh, crowded markets first, such as Japan, Italy, Sweden, and some of these countries where I guess people and the laws are already more structured for them to have to do this rather than making a change drastically and they're and affecting their biggest market, which is the United States. Yeah, I like, too, the fact that I'm surprised that they almost didn't do this earlier, at least in the EU, with all of the, I don't want to say radical, but all the change that they've been making up until this point, like, like specifying that, hey, our data is our property, you know, not the property of Facebook or Google or Amazon, anyone like that. So, I mean... Not to say this directly plays into that, but I mean, I'm, I'm sure that this is a result of that um, starting in the first place. Yeah, and this is also a tangent, but this is one of the reasons why a country like the UK is wanting to leave and quote unquote Brexit because they don't want to just follow the EU's laws because the EU, their headquarters is in Brussels and usually the power is within Germany and France, typically that the people that really make the laws, because those are two of the most powerful countries in the EU. Mm-hmm. So... You know, this is just a, a, a small case of where, yeah, there's a law that's going across the EU. And some countries like the UK would rather it be like America, where they can actually make more of an economy off of this and make their people richer and thus their economy more like higher bandwidth, I, I would say. Yeah. And I mean, I wonder if this starts to affect other things, too, like value added tax and stuff like that, that, say, countries like Germany do. You know, like you said, like they necessarily don't want to have the economy based off of it like other countries do at least as much as other countries do so i mean it'll be interesting to see not only how this affects things in the future but also just things right now yeah and on this uh subject of mental health we can debate uh how much this uh, taking away the likes actually has on mental health but i think this is going to be a theme that we see in the next five to ten years and whether facebook or instagram or platforms that they acquire that the mental health component is going to be taking a way heavier weight than it was previously because it's actually we've seen we've had these platforms long enough that we can see the mental health effects on not only the youth but even 40 year olds i'm sure that you know people or parents or in that generation that almost they they start getting on instagram they're like oh why am i not getting as many likes and it's it's different from facebook where you know the likes are the biggest thing Mm -hmm. and it doesn't make me sad because I don't really care that much, but I can see how it would make will make them really upset. And where they're not, again, you know, Facebook thesis, they're not making high quality content. They're rather just going for that clickbaity like thing. And we don't want the internet platforms to become cable news 2.0, where it's all about clickbaity engagement and whatnot. So it's arguable that this could be the best thing long term. It maybe throws some havoc in the short term, but I mean, I'm all see, I'm all down to see what happens, but. I'm not beholden to one thing or the other because I'm not making money off Instagram personally. Yeah, exactly. And I mean, it definitely, I have the same same thought as well that it will remove some of that toxicity out of the platform and really across all social media and even across any digital media, whether it be social media, video games, movies, or anything like that. Like, I think it starts going more towards, hey, we can't be, like you said, going for these clickbaity titles. We need to really produce high quality content and content that we believe in, you know, because now we're not, like you said, beholden to 
these likes or anything or trying to to produce this this high amount of likes or this high amount of engagement it's more of hey like i'm really just posting stuff that really defines me as a person and defines where what i see myself as i guess a lot of people especially in our generation are very you know people would say we're entitled i would say the older generations are just as entitled in different ways but people that aren't especially that aren't into technology they're getting outraged about this but i think they forget that they didn't create the platform they don't have to follow the consequences of lawmakers and thus pay and possibly having to get lower pay because they're not, you know, falling within the lawmakers uh, desires. So we'll see. We'll see how it shakes out, man. It's just it's fascinating. But again, I think in the long term, it's going to be a plus and it may not show up in the U.S. for two or three years, but the trend is definitely going that way. And we're talking about Instagram here, but I could start to see how on Twitter and on uh, TikTok and other social media platforms, I think America might start to crack down on some of these, even though we are a free society, they don't want their youth to be uh, manipulated. I don't think anybody does. Yeah, exactly. I mean, you know, to go on on that tangent, it's like, you can still display like, hey, this is the trending stuff on our site, but you don't need to show like the likes or anything. Because it's like, you're not really looking at the likes to begin with. It's just like, oh, okay, cool. This is trending. And people generally don't question it. It's like, okay, like I trust that they're, you know, organizing it and, and defining the things that they're giving to me like properly, you know? Yeah. And how do you, so when you see, you're scrolling down your feed and you see someone has a thousand likes, how do you know how many of those likes are actually real? How do you know somebody that make a hundred bots and those bots always give them a hundred likes? Cause I see sometimes where you'll see Russian bots or other bots that are, commenting stuff or always driving up engagement for like quote-unquote political posts on instagram or facebook and they're gaming the system because they get that engagement up and then it pops to the top of the feed it pops to the top of the explorer Mm -hmm. and then yeah the likes aren't really the big deal but they were the gateway into like making that content really buzzing around the world which Mm -hmm. can then have a numerous amount of effects on people's psyche elections and really people's future monetarily on these platforms yeah because it's almost like yo are you gonna define me off of how many likes i get on instagram like that doesn't define me as a person you can have someone who's you know excuse my language but like dumb you know or ignorant or something like that and they can get millions of likes but it's like does that give them any more of a voice or any more like does that give their voice any more of an impact in the world than someone who gets a zero or someone who's maybe not even on the platform to begin with like yeah and uh these platforms I mean, they've been around for a while, so I'm not going to say they've plateaued because they definitely haven't, but they want to continuously incentivize these people that are just getting on Instagram or switching from Facebook and finally making that Instagram profile or connecting their profiles to actually post and then post quality content. Because if, you know, I'm at UT and I see, say, everyone in my sorority or fraternity has thousands of followers with hundreds of likes and I'm just now getting on the platform, I'd be, I may be really de-incentivized to try to compete with them mm-hmm. i may just wait for the next platform to pop up like a tiktok and then yeah. go all in on tiktok because you'll be starting from the ground up right and then everybody has an equal share yeah exactly and it's interesting too like like you said the bots like i mean i'm sure there's there's influencers out there who are using bots like there's no way that there aren't you with know? A da- without a doubt especially if they're uh programmatically or technically savvy there's numerous ways to game the system i mean we've been able to look at some of the Twitter APIs and other APIs that these social platforms offer. And we specifically know the capabilities of people, especially if they're doing it in a nefarious reason. It's so easy to game the system and then 
really like say if you're Russia or you're North Korea, it's really easy to get people pitted against each other because you go in the comments, mm-hmm. say someone's uh, waving uh, an American flag. Well, then a Russian bot might go in there and be like, well, I support Kaepernick. And then that starts real people starting to engage in the comments and then fight with each other rather mm-hmm. than just see it in their profile, like it, and then move on. Yeah. So it's not just America that this is affecting. This is literally affecting global economies and global politics, if you can believe that. Yeah, and I mean, you know, I mean, look at cars. Like, cars first started in, what, like the nineteen early, early, early 1900s? Mm-hmm internet was started a little before that but i mean so around in retrospect to like the 1900s like the same and for the 2000s so it's like and look at where cars are today more than 100 years later like you didn't have a ferrari back then that can go i don't know how fast that's worth i don't know how much money you know the internet today is nowhere near where it's going to be in 100 years and it's like today we're barely even thinking about self-driving cars and i think the internet will move a little faster because of like just the nature of of revolutions in general how the time period has always been shorter and shorter as we've progressed through time so i mean it's going to be interesting to see where we are in those 50 to 100 years with the decisions we're making starting today you know and that we've been making up until this point because the decisions we're making today are going to potentially start uh you know open the floodgates to the next innovation the next innovation the next way of doing it because people can get used to how the internet is today but the internet today is nowhere near where it was even 10 years ago or where it's going to be in a couple of years yeah in two years it'll be way different you know and and hopefully to say all of this like i hope we can you know you look at cars and you see how they got safer and safer and safer you know we added seat belts we added airbags we added a safety feature like the safety features and stuff like that you get a beep when someone's in the lane next to you stuff like that yeah your car can drive itself now you know and you don't you can nap so it's like hopefully for the internet the the uh the same thing for the internet would be like making it more i don't want to say approachable but like human friendly yeah you know so it's like with the removal of the likes it's it's one less materialistic thing if you will or one less uh non-human factor that you can eliminate so it's like you're really trying to connect people to each other as as directly as possible it's not through the version or through the way of likes or gamification or gamification and stuff like that and it's like you know you want people to connect with others in a very meaningful way not in a way where it's like oh i have more likes than you i'm more important than you it's like what no do you think now i'm gonna take the flip side not that we were necessarily taking sides but and i'll I'll make a big theme out of this is you know when a big company like facebook gets regulated or amazon they almost accept it because they know that regulation is going to push their lower competition away because then they have so many more hurdles to jump through that they can't afford to on a monetary sense and i'm wondering if maybe that's the reason why facebook or instagram don't really care that much about taking away the likes is because you know for someone making a new platform doing that gamification is an an easier way to build network effects and expand your social media platform and but instagram and facebook already have these so it's a lot easier for them to be like yo yeah we'll take it away no big deal but what about that small app that's just getting some traction and has likes and is following a lot of the practices that have been typical of social media but now they're being painted as 
you know, tyrannical or evil because they're doing the same thing Facebook did a couple of years, but now Facebook has the resources to actually take that away and be okay. It's just a, a slightly different way to look at it. Yeah, and I mean, that's almost like a knee-jerk reaction, which I'm sure people are going to have. Yeah. And it's a, it's a total valid reaction because, you know, they are technically doing the same practices that Facebook, that they made Facebook stop doing. So, I mean, I can understand it, but at the same time, like, you, you definitely have to have some sort of knowledge of technology to understand that it takes time. Right. It takes people, it takes money, it takes, most importantly, the time. So, I mean, it's... I don't know. I think it definitely will help drive everyone into a more unified like path where we are creating more meaningful content and not only the content, but also designing these apps, whether it is Facebook redesigning or re refactoring their apps uh, or sites, or like you said, a new company going and making an app, you know, into making those apps more meaningful and just generally better for people and, and humans yeah again what we were just talking about like five minutes ago is higher quality content and this is across the board one of the reasons why youtube is so popular is because you know well one of the reason popular things on youtube are popular is because you have that high quality video the high quality audio with the high quality content and you can easily tell when something that's not as high quality maybe it's like 720p or 480p quality like you don't want to watch that video you much rather watch the hd or 4k video and it's a lot harder to understand like what quality is on say like maybe instagram or facebook but this is a, a stepping stone to that and we're going to start figuring out what is the highest quality content and you're going to be able to uh, filter out a lot of the noise from a lot of the highest uh, or the best quality content like someone like brother nature he he's not going to be affected by this you know what i mean he's mm -hmm. his content is always quality people love engaging with it It makes people happy and that's something that regardless of having likes on the screen or where his post shows up in the feed it's going to stand out and i'm always a proponent of like the cream will always rise to the top and i i think it's i think we can agree it's a, it's time for instagram or facebook to start taking these measures because i mean we know people our age i know people at college girls guys that will sit there and be like dang my 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 thing only got five likes keep scrolling down the the feed yeah and, and it, it becomes like retroactive rather than proactive or fun yeah. or connecting like you said like how it should be yeah exactly you're looking for that dopamine fix yeah because when you get that high amount of likes you're like oh yeah this feels good yeah and we're all we're all uh proponents of this because i know when i get a like for example on instagram when you post a picture of some like an actual human you get like 50 percent more engagement than just like say me taking a picture of a TV or something like an inanimate object. Mm -hmm. And, you know, smart people have started to game this system and, you know, use this in their algorithms or their automations when they're posting stuff. So it, it's little things like that where you can game it on the back layer or like on the second derivative that people are really going to have to start thinking a little bit more. And I'm always a proponent of people having to think slightly more. And you have to really define your audience more, being able to just post a booty pic yeah it's cool and all and like all to the girls that want to do that or the guys that want to do that like it's a free country do what you want mm -hmm. but that can't be your or it can be your claim to fame but it's going to be less likely that that gets you a lot of money now yeah. on instagram or facebook or at least in the eu as of now yeah and i, I mean even if it doesn't end up working out that way i think that's what it should be you know because it's it's 
you know, you're not doing anything doing that. Like, what value are you really adding to someone just by posting, like, say, a booty pic? Like, you're not providing any value other than that small dopamine fix that you give someone. But then giving them that small dopamine fix, like, you're you're almost creating that addiction, you know? And it's it's not healthy because it's it's not something you can interact with. It's not something that's meaningful, that's adding actual value to your life. It's, it's almost making you more depressed. What do you think? So, I mean, we talked a little bit about Instagram is... How do you think something like this translate translates to a platform like Twitter? What if they get hit by lawmakers in the near future saying, "Hey, this is pretty toxic," or there's a lot of fake news spread? And maybe it's not as bad as cable news, but what do you do about that? Because Facebook isn't the only culprit here, even though they've been around the longest and probably had the biggest impact. It's definitely across any social app, and it doesn't even have to be social media. It could be a gambling app. It could be a sports app. It could be literally anything. Yeah. At least when it comes to the likes, like for Twitter, I think they could do that and like say the retweets and stuff. And you know, the first thing that comes to my mind is like Snapchat, because you can't you can have streaks and stuff on Snapchat, but you can't have uh, you know you can't see those conversations you're having with other people, and you can't see the streaks that you have with other people. You can just see the streak you have with that one person individually. So it's not like, and yes, you can find them, and that's the social aspect because you can search someone if they allow themselves to be searched. Otherwise, it's a very one-on-one sort of interaction, which I think it should be. You know, it's not like you need to talk to the millions of people at one given time every single time. You yeah, know? and I know knowing what we know about Snapchat and Evan Spiegel and their team, they are very product-based team rather than business. It was always product first, no matter what. And if you remember way back when on Snapchat, they used to have like the three top friends. Yeah, and I know times that that got me in trouble, or Same. people I know got in trouble because they were, you know talking to a homie they shouldn't have been talking to or a girl they shouldn't have been talking to. And yeah, that was like a cheap little trick. And it was cool at first that Snapchat had that and it drove a lot of engagement. Like, believe me, they got a lot of people in those early days because of that stuff. Mm -hmm. But they quickly realized that, hey, like this is long-term going to be toxic to the Snapchat ecosystem and kids getting on and adults getting on. And they changed it. And now they've really moved more towards their what they're really, really good at. And that's camera and being you know sending pictures of your friends and connecting through pictures yeah and and adding more value to just that like that experience of sharing those pictures with your friends and having a conversation with those photos you know and you know i think everything else they've done up until this point has just been great with like the stickers that you can add and like things like that i mean it's there's definitely ways that instagram twitter facebook all these big tech companies can improve upon um even if they just look around their own industry you know, and, and not to say Instagram, like, for example, doesn't do that because they do. Mm-hmm. I mean, a lot of their features now are from Snapchat. Right. You know, like the stories, the the way, just pretty much the stories. I mean, that's straight from Snapchat. And it's been a huge success for them as well. Yeah. Almost bigger. You yeah, can argue bigger it's than bigger. Snapchat. Yeah. yeah. And it's it's bigger because of because of Facebook and because right. they have that ad, that ad system in place. And it's fantastic. Probably the best ever. Yeah. On a slightly tangent, is Facebook's targeting is unbelievable. I, I know anyone listening to this podcast, you've probably talked with your friend about, hey, we're going to go to this uh, event or this place, and then you get an ad about, hey, like these shoes are uh, from Academy pop up as an ad, or the concert y'all were just talking about pops up as an ad. And some, you know, there's a lot of misinformation about, oh, they're always listening to your microphone. Maybe they do, maybe they don't. But it just goes to show you how good their targeting and their targeting of ads is. Mm-hmm. And it almost creeps, I mean, it creeps me out. And I know it creeps the regular everyday person out by 
like offer well it creeps us out and then it makes us kind of feel wary because then you're like oh like damn are they listening to me and then it it does have mental health effects and maybe we don't realize them now but you know through time we start to understand them slightly more and more and i mean you got to think that that must give you crazy paranoia right like People who aren't generally paranoid probably get paranoid because of stuff like that. Because it's like no one likes that feeling of being watched. Yeah, I mean, even or like they're being listened to. Yeah, and even my, I mean, we can go on that, but it's like the NSA and people like that. Of course, they're like listening and whatnot, allegedly for good reasons. Uh, we could debate that. But when a forty-five-year-old or a fifty-year-old is like starts to bring up to me, like, "Hey, I just got this weird ad on Facebook right after I was just talking about it." It's literally everyone is starting to notice. It's not just people that are technology oriented Mm -hmm. and when you know the people with the money the 45 year olds the 50 year olds those generations when they start asking questions and they then they start understanding like oh maybe this is toxic to my kid maybe they shouldn't be on it eight hours a day Mm -hmm. you know it it starts to raise a lot of questions like you said no one likes to be surveilled even if they are they rather not know (laughs) yeah exactly i mean what's what's that movie or I think it's a movie or a show or something where uh, this guy goes up to this couple and he's like, y'all seem like a happy couple. Like, what's y'all secret? It's like, I think they're just like, they don't think about something or like he had like posed a question. Like, do you ever think about this? They're like, no. It's like, huh. And I mean, you know, you want to take that with a grain of salt because you don't want to be ignorant to everything. But, you know, you are going to sleep a little happier at night or a little more comfortable at night knowing or not not worrying about, you know, or is someone listening to me? Is someone watching me? You know, and there's stuff that you can do to, to prevent even that. Like, you can download programs for your computer that tell you, hey, your microphone's active. Like, oh, shit, I didn't know. You can take a, like, a more personal approach, too, is if you close your apps on your phone when you're done using them, instead of just, ex- like, pressing the home button and getting out of the app, yeah. you actually close and quit the app. So the location services, the microphone anything like that that could be used against you isn't used against you and i mean even though it seems like common sense that's not common sense to everyone because people don't think people are inherently like nefarious people usually think the best of somebody when they first meet them or the best of an app or a technology for the most part yeah they don't the first thought usually isn't unless you know what you're doing it's like usually not hey how could this be screwing me over Mm -hmm. but we see companies like apple they have taken some big strides and they're always you know allegedly big on privacy and making sure your data is locked down and they added the screen time to try to like make you real like they're they're in they're not the arbiter you know they're not a government they're not somebody empowered to be like we're in a free country they can't be like hey get off your phone we're gonna shut your phone down if you've been on it for six hours a day but they give you the choices like hey look this is how much time you're spending on social media apps a day or on how many pickups you had of your phone, mm-hmm. how many times you looked at your phone. And I remember the first time the screen thing or the screen time came out, I was like, dang, I'm on my phone way too much. Yeah. And since then, I've been able to like cut that down by 50%, turn my notifications off for every app, text messages, etc. And I, I can't say I, like, I'm noticing like a, I'm definitely happier, but I'm definitely not as distracted. Yeah. And I mean, like you said, like they can't force them to be like, hey, get off your phone. But I think that's another trend that we need to definitely go down is, is we need to inform the public better and inform the public that are more just in general about, Hey, like you said, like, this is how long you're on your phone. This is how many pickups you had do with that information, what you want, but we're going to give it to you, but we're not telling you to do anything. 
like we're just going to give it to you and make it available to you so you can have the choice of hey this is either too much for me this is i'm okay with this or i don't care like whatever but at the same time you know even other things like bluetooth like it's like when you do provide a a, when you need that bluetooth connection for whatever reason describing in a meaningful way hey this is why we're using this and now apple does that and yeah apple does that and and coincidentally enough facebook's the first company that got really caught up because of that (laughs) because they're trying to use bluetooth to find oh joe's uh close to sally and they both are in the same area oh they must have some sort of similar interest or something like that you know they're, they're making connections any number of ways that they can whether it be through the microphone and showing you targeted ads whether it be uh using your bluetooth while you're on the app and doing stuff or your location you know and that location is very specific it's it's crazy very specific and and in spy movies 20 years ago they'd have like the, the cool watch on that had like a location or like they could look at a, a, a phone device and like track where somebody was or moving down a street and that used to be like oh my gosh like that's science fiction and literally now everyone on their phone does it to themselves and i'm sure you have the find friends app where you're allowing your friends and other people to look at your location and see where you are at any point mm-hmm. and it's, it's kind of funny that that happens but that was 20 years ago it's like what's happening now stuff's moving quicker and to your point if you allow people to really see what's going on typically humans like to be oddly observant and then make a change from what the data they gather in but people just aren't informed and this you know can go down a huge rabbit hole because like say you're in a high school student and you have a 45 year old teacher a 50 year old teacher a 60 year old teacher they don't know about the inner workings of technology maybe the rare one does but it's not even on their radar right so it's it's hard for them to give you any advice as the wise people in our society or the quote unquote wise people they have no clue so it's these kids are really on the forefront and they're having to go through this experience and then you know 10 years down the line they see the consequences or like today I used Twitter eight years ago and now I'm starting to be way more informed yeah and I mean it's also to the same sort of thing it's like there's certain instances too where a fine makes sense to one of these tech companies if they are like abusing their power but at the same time if it's something that is just a systemic failure in a lot of ways where it's it's hey we tried this out and obviously the ramifications aren't what we anticipated if they did take that time to predict like hey this is maybe what would happen if we added this feature or something like that so i think you know if you if you're a first-time offender in a lot of uh instances i don't think you should get a fine especially as a company because it's like that can hurt you and then hurt people that you employ and then they can't feed their families there's real effects of these huge like a billion dollar fine on yeah. the company and i think you know i think if you're def- depending on you know each situation is totally different but i mean if it's like if you come and have to give a hearing it's like hey the person's like hey like this wasn't like this isn't working like people are having record high anxiety record high depression record high suicide rates whatever you want to say right um, or your platform is doing this to people. It's like, well, how could we, like, we didn't know that. Yeah. You know, we didn't know that. We didn't anticipate that. We didn't have, you know, no one has that forethought of, Hey, I know exactly how the future is going to play out. It's, it doesn't matter how smart you are. Like you, Zuckerberg's a very genius man, but even him, I don't think he was acting. Maybe he was, but I don't think he was acting nefariously when he was 19 and creating Facebook from the ground up. And he had that first version of the platform. Mm-hmm. There's some things that happened as a consequence, good and bad of things that were done in the past. And like you said, there's absolutely no way to foresee it. 
And yeah, you have to meet those consequences when they come up, Mm -hmm. but you can't, the default thing can't be to be like paint them as evil and they have no way to redeem themselves because we still all use the platform. If it was so evil, we wouldn't use the platform. If it was really that intrusive and if we didn't get any value out of the product they offer, we would just turn it off. Yeah, look at Google. Uh, Andrew Yang made a very good point on uh, the fourth democratic debate where he's like, you don't use the fourth best search engine. It's like you look around, like yeah, no one really does. No you one know? uses it, or people. No one even uses the second best. Who th- like who really uses DuckDuckGo? Unless you're really hyper on privacy. Yeah, and that's the only reason you do right is is those very specific cases of hey, I'm I am informed to know. Okay, Google shares a lot of my data. DuckDuckGo Duck, doesn't. Me being the person I am, with whatever values I may hold as a person, I decide Google's not right for me. Right. And there's a lot of times, too, because, I mean, I'll use YouTube again as an example, where you say you're watching, like, we can use, uh, I'll use Joe Rogan as an example, right? Like, say you're watching a video of his podcast, and then you get introduced to someone else's podcast that you would have never known about, but you're like, oh, like, this is interesting. Sometimes those those algorithms are working in your favor, and that, I think most of the time that's what they were intended to do, but there's just bad consequences that happen from that too yeah and i mean i think the biggest thing when it's when it comes to data is is anonymizing the data Mm because i think the data is okay like i think you can get as many data points on someone as you want to a certain degree right you can't you can't tie one specific person to this one specific location because then that could be harmful yeah right but it's like you can tie qualities that make up that person that doesn't necessarily define them as a human being but it's more or less um what's the word uh stereotypes in a lot of ways Mm -hmm. right or just higher level classifications like your race your age you know things that can be valid that like without giving up that you're aldo gonzalez exactly third of his name exactly third of his rightful king of the andals (laughs) (laughs) yeah that's awesome no i wore a game of thrones shirt today and it's really cool (laughs) but let me ask you a, a big thematic question too before we get out of here is are we going towards, I mean, some would already say, if you know a lot of technical stuff, are we going towards a surveillance state? Are we already in a surveillance state? Oh, yeah. And what, what makes us better than China in that way where everything is on lockdown and they know everything that happens to everybody? And what, where do we go from here? Okay, so I definitely think we already are in a surveillance state. But the thing that differentiates us from China is the fact that people do have the power to say no, um, at least not at this current juncture, but I, I'm sure we're well on our way to implement things to be able to do that. At least we're allowed to go protest and then get Mark exactly. Zuckerberg to a hearing. Exactly. And I think, you know, it's only going to go a step farther where we do say, hey, our data is our property. Right. You know, because that is one thing I do like about the EU that it's like, hey, like we can request for a company to delete our data because it's yours. It's yours. <laughs> like you're the one that generated it. Why should they be able to decide, oh, I'm going to, I can do whatever I want with this? Like, no. One of the great, and you know, being a finance nerd that I am, what if da- data was looked at as uh, almost like a a share of stock in that company? Whereas your data, if it's getting, say, you're a huge influencer and you're getting 0.5 percent of the monetization for Facebook, what if you got 0.5 percent of their stock or some, you know, percentage of that to actually monetarily help you for the data they use, and it's still yours and you can pull it at any time? But then the decision's up to you because it's like hey, do you want us to use your data and you're getting money from it mm-hmm. and getting a, uh, building a following? Mm-hmm. Or do you want to pull it off and yeah, you won't become like a, get a, a percentage of our revenue, 
but the data is yours and yeah that's your choice i think that might be a future where at least in a capitalist society where we go is the idea of stakeholders starts to pop up more and more where people even though maybe they don't own the stock of facebook they can still make money or get the benefits of being a shareholder by by ways of being a stakeholder. Do you think that would be a better route to take than like what uh, some of the candidates are offering in a, in a value added tax, where it's like, hey, each each sale, each ad revenue that or each ad dollar that's uh, uh, generated, like the American people get a slice of that because they're the ones generating. Yeah, I, I think it, I think it. Yeah, sorry, go ahead. I, know, I was gonna say also like, do, does it depend on? How do you how do you then go about that even like how do you decide what's the percentage that someone gets is it is it equal for everyone like a socialist state in a, it, in a it way it couldn't be at that point right it's, it it's got to be based off usage well, right and I immediately you know me with cryptography and stuff like Bitcoin it would have to be decentralized and open and transparent because at any point you could see hey this piece of data even though it's anonymized is getting this amount of value and thus this amount of residual income for that. Uh, id person whoever that is or whatever mm-hmm. that is and i think that's probably where it's going to go and part of the reason why facebook has created libra one of their like their quote-unquote cryptocurrency that they partner with 11 other huge companies such as paypal spotify stripe there's a reason for that and it's not only to like drive down credit card and transaction costs it's because they're trying to get to this more open and transparent state where people are seeing their data at any time and no one can stop them from seeing that. And it's ver- it can be verified across everybody in the globe. Mm-hmm. So no one's getting cheated. It doesn't have to be a socialist means of, hey, everyone gets an equal pay from Facebook. It can really be tracked and be tracked uh, autonomously. Yeah, and reliably. Yeah. And consistently. And I think that's the biggest key is we definitely have to start implementing these systems to account for accountability. I mean, you know, for accountability, for reliability and for security because those are the biggest things i mean people trust apple and apple boasts itself as a very uh privacy concerned company but what what was the whole like icloud leak stuff like that's that's unheard of right right i mean so many people have their text messages on the icloud photos your photos hacked like there's emails emails like there's so much stuff that that can get hacked so it's not to say you can you can completely eliminate all of it because I don't think that's possible, but you know you can definitely start doing as much as you can to put the concerns of the general person in in the forefront or as the priority, like their security, their privacy. Like, I mean, if you're not doing that, what are you doing? You're just you're just juicing these people for money, and and you're 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 taking advantage of them. It's a it's a. Uh, not a symbiotic relationship, a uh, asymbiotic. I don't know how it would, uh, it would be. Oh, I forgot. It's like it's pretty much like a leech or like yeah, a, yeah, yeah, a uh, parasitic, a parasitic relationship. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Where I have this thought too is like maybe the first like out outrage thought you get as a business owner is like, oh, this is gonna hurt our profits. But what if that's that thesis isn't true? What if by like building an open and transparent system that actually adds to your stock's value and that adds to your company because people are happier thus they create more content and higher mm-hmm. quality content i think that narrative really in the next two to three years is going to switch where you know companies like facebook don't fight that they embrace it and then they be the they become the first ones to build something that's truly built around that and then again they get all the people in on that mm-hmm. and they actually ended up uh, not only benefiting their platform and the people on it but then again with the money in their bank account because people will want that and it's also like even if it were to like marginally decrease profits, 
is that really that bad? They're making so much money. Like, is it... No one really needs that much money, right? Like, all the power in the world shouldn't be going down to these six companies in the world, right? Not to say you want to break them all up, but at the same time, it's like... Because if you broke them up, they may even be worth more money. That's the thing. It's yeah. like if you break up Instagram and Facebook, they probably both can get higher valuations and actually be worth more than they are as a conglomerate. Yeah, and it, it's it's things like that. I mean, you know, we the, the primary focus should not be money. Yes, we still need money to, to survive, and we need money to, to be able to innovate and do things like that and to obviously ha- be able to pay these people that are making these platforms or working on the app or even participating by producing content on the app, right, and getting that that slice of the revenue right but at the same time it's like that shouldn't be the main and focus i don't think it's really always necessarily these companies faults because they're just working within the framework that the government has presented to them because guess what in the laws facebook and their executives are required under fiduciary duty to get as much value as they can for their shareholders if they don't they get taken to court mm-hmm. so and not to say that they don't like enjoy that because they have stock too and thus can make more money, but it's also legally binding in our like constitution mm-hmm. that they have to do that. And if mm-hmm. they don't, all the shareholders can get together and sue them and yeah. then put the company out of business. So it's not solely on the companies. It's always weird to me how you know people love to attack companies mm-hmm. where the government right now is the one and is has a history of inefficiency mm-hmm. and who who would who would have guessed that they're inefficient on this too in the enforcement and the system for that so when new companies come up they have a way better framework to build a company in mm-hmm. so they're not having to uh, uh, maximize the value for their shareholders and maybe they do something more for the stakeholders so it's it's not just the companies it's not just facebook it, oh, it's yeah. the real it's the government the system they're in and really the competition around them as well. So there's I mean, a lot of different things to take into account. They're definitely operating within within the, the law and the structure that they're provided. So, I mean... Because they have to. <laughs> they have to, exactly. It's the law. So, I mean, I mean, look at the first hearing that Mark Zuckerberg had and look at the questions that he was being asked. And, like, it's not... The government is really dumb. And, like, it, it's <laughs> stuff like that where it's just, like... It blows your mind sometimes that those people are making policy that yeah. can affect my mental health and my financial and family's well-being yeah and it scares me that 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 they're that misinformed and that ignorant you know whether it be under their own vindiction or not but it's like we got to really like it's no surprise that we're in the predicament that we're in because we're not we're advancing certain this is unprecedented too in speed for sure and it's it's you know, we're still advancing and we're moving forward really quickly, but it's only in certain areas. Other areas, we're lagging behind. Manufacturing hasn't really gotten all that much better. It's gone down. One, 3, 3D printing has maybe been the biggest breakthrough in the past 40 or 50 years on manufacturing. Yeah. There's and a lot I mean, of areas. Look at, look at technology, but then look at the laws that are surrounding this technology. Like, the laws are severely outdated. Like, really outdated. And they're not they're not structured or they're not equipped to, to handle the society we live in today because times are changing really quickly. And I think, you know, there needs to be more laws made to, to help just like help build this ecosystem and, and stimulate the growth that we want to see. Not the, st- not the growth that's going to just come of the decisions we decide to make. Like not to say that the other way isn't the same exact thing, but it's like, you know, we can't just be making these decisions maybe or maybe not knowing that like hey this these are the the bad effects that can happen from this such as like a rise in anxiety or a depression right for youth but at the same time it's like we need to really 
have laws that are just equipped to handle today as it is and how we plan on moving forward. And, and, you know, government currently is the vehicle that makes the policy. But again, if we get more decentralized, maybe the people have more power to actually make these decisions and for the well-being of themselves and the people around them, rather than people that are 50 or 60 years difference in age from the founders of the companies making the laws. You know, we don't know what the answer is. Maybe government is the right way. I'm highly skeptical of that, but it's probably going to be some combination of government and decentralization from the people and the companies themselves. But I just want to remind everyone before we get out of here is remain oddly observant. Try to understand how your data is being used and just take a second to think about the platforms you're using, how you use them and the effects it has on you, your daily life, and maybe your kid in the future, the family members that are yet to come and just try to be, you know, proactive and be compassionate. It's, it's not easy to think about these issues and truth is sometimes, you know, a meteorite, it hits you hard, but I think we'll get there if we just continuously ask the tough questions. Although you have anything to add before we head out? No, I mean, you pretty much nailed it on the head. Uh, to kind of end on the same note as the last podcast we did together, like just be more aware, man. I mean, oddly every, observant, right? Be oddly observant <laughs> because you know the people that are making these ass are the same as you and me. And yeah, you yeah, want to be able to tell them apart if you walked on the street. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, you might be able to. Like, I mean, I wear like a, a keep calm and code on shirt, so I mean, you might be able to know like oh, I'm some sort of programmer at least, but like, or wearing a Game of Thrones T-shirt and know like. Like, I'm in the Game of Thrones, right? But, like, I mean, anyone can be into that stuff, right? I mean, anyone can be those people making that, you know? So it's like, ask yourself before you judge someone else harshly, oh, why didn't you know that this was going to happen? Why didn't you know this? Why didn't you know that? Like, think about things you did and, and where it, it you, like, sometime later after doing it, it had consequences. That, positive and negative. Positive and negative that you never even imagine, you know, and these are the same people. It's just that their apps happen to be in more people's hands, you know, and the effects are larger. So it's I, I think it's you know, these things should definitely be taken more seriously because we never know the impact that our decisions can have on the world and on and on ourselves. Yeah, and again I'm just gonna implore people to remain and continue to be oddly observant, but also Remember that uh, attention is the most valuable asset and has been since the dawn of time. Julius Caesar was able to conquer all of Europe because he garnered the attention through his military might. Facebook's able to do the things they do because of all the people on their app. Attention is not going away, so you might as well start to get oddly observant now and let that be a habit for you and your friends into the future. All right, guys. We'll see you next time. Uh, make sure you follow Aldo. He's on LinkedIn. He's actually taking a break from social media. Uh, you can play with him on Xbox or on PlayStation at iAlphador. And you can find him on Mixer as well at iAlphador. And make sure to subscribe to the podcast if you haven't. You can do that on Apple, Spotify, SoundCloud, Stitcher, TuneIn, and anywhere podcasts are, you can subscribe. And if you have any comments about the episode or things that we should uh, add in for future episodes reach out to me at peter at oddlyobservant.com or on the website oddlyobservant.com thanks for tuning in everybody and we'll catch you next time peace <laughs> <laughs> we're out see you guys